Welcome to the Send Nutrition Podcast, where we discuss horse health, nutrition, training and performance. Welcome everyone to the next episode of the Send Nutrition Podcast. You're with your hosts, Brian and Peter, and today this is episode 29, and we're going to go through five tips for feeding your horse through winter. So winter is coming. This is not a Game of Thrones episode. How are you, Peter? <laughs> Brian, I'm cold. It's actually, it, it feels like winter today. It's wet and it's cold, so probably good good idea we get onto this, this topic, feeding in winter. Do you want to just go through maybe briefly the, the five topics we'll cover and then we can sort of segue into each, each topic? Yeah, so this was a pretty requested topic to cover on our Send Users group and this will be a nice little checklist for you before winter to see and to be aware of to keep your horse in a condition where they're going to be happy and healthy throughout that season and then come out the other side in spring. So. Number one, sufficient forage. We're gonna cover off why forage is so important through this winter period. Number two will be sufficient water. So it has an impact throughout the body, through the digestive system, and has many aspects of the horse's health is impacted by their hydration. Number three, we'll touch on the rugging and when you should be rugging and, and not rugging and the impact that has on your horse's core temperature. Number four, we'll, we'll touch on supplementation during winter and ensuring body systems have the vitamins and minerals to function properly. And number five, checking the weight or the condition of your horse throughout winter so that they are in the best possible condition after that season. Brian, one point I'd like to add, and this is probably a good starting point for, for our listeners is obviously coming into winter, they need to assess the horse how it is, say, argument's sake today, and what their goal is for winter. So you might have a, a horse that's very well overweight and obese, and you do wanna drop a bit of weight in that horse, obviously, through winter. So your goal is gonna be to drop weight where someone else that's got a horse that's struggling to put weight on. I mean, you know, you're gonna be battling to, to, to maintain weight, let alone put weight on. So. The first point you know, I'd like to give is have a look at the horse in front of you, make a goal for yourself what your goal is through winter, and then that's gonna be a lot easier than to, to, to make a, a nutritional plan for winter, depending whether you wanna put weight on, uh, take weight off, or you wanna maintain weight that you have. So that's probably the, the first point I'd, I'd like to make. Yeah, that's a really good point, Peter, because through winter, a horse generates heat from the inside out through fermentation of fiber or what they're eating. So whether it is fiber or their hard feed, they will generate heat from within to try and keep their body warm throughout this period. But what the first thing we're gonna promote in the winter period is sufficient forage. And that means having even ad lib hay or your pasture source at a minimum requirement for that horse to graze all day and all night to keep warm. And then try to avoid that myth of feeding up the horse before winter. So getting them fat to then drop weight through winter, which can be unhealthy if you're gonna rely on a grain source, which can lead to laminitis and colic if there's undigested sugars and starches. Yeah, Brian, well said. So basically, at the moment, a lot of the, the listeners have got access to pasture or, or you know, like a very good quality of hay. 
um, getting into winter, the hay is going to be, you know, probably more shedded, more aged, so it's going to have even less and less nutrients through it. Um, so yeah, at lib hay is important, but also our listeners need to be mindful of that. Just hay on its own is not enough. You know, like hay cannot compare, um, you know, in nutrition value compared to fresh grass. You know, once the grass is cut, dried, it's stored, it begins to lose vitamins like vitamin C, vitamin D, vitamin E. You know beta-carotene, but also omega-3 fatty acids. So normally your horse produces vitamin D when it's exposed to sunlight, um, but spending more time indoors combined with shorter you know, daylight hours, they cannot produce as much vitamin uh, D and can get deficient in, in vitamin D, leaving bones, joints, muscles sort of unprotected. Um, and we'll get into obviously how to fill, fill those gaps um, with, you know, with a nutritional supplement, but they need to be mindful that you know you can't just rely on on, on hay alone, or, or as Brian said, you know load them up on grain before winter time, because that's just not how a horses you know like how horses work. Yeah, hundred percent, Peter. The the physiology of a horse that hindgut has a process called fermentation, and and that generates a lot of heat from internally. And when you're in a climate, say a cooler climate, say in Victoria compared to Queensland, the requirements for that heat generation from within is gonna be a lot more. So having that ad-lib forage or pasture available is so important. Brian, one point I'd like to add on, on top of what you just said, that cold weather increases the metabolic rate, which basically means that the horse needs to burn more calories to maintain uh, the normal body temperature, obviously in a consistent way. When we do provide um, free choice hay, you know, you'll notice basically that your horse naturally consumes more, which, which it needs to, to help it stay warm um, and obviously, you know, account for the high energy need that it, that it may have as well. Yeah, that, that's a good point, Peter. The other good side effect of providing all this forage for your horse is lowering that risk of colic, lowering that risk of ulcer formation as well, because as we've said in a number of podcasts in the past, you need this forage for that saliva in that stomach acid environment to help lower the risk of ulcer formation. And you're doing the horse two services, giving them that internal heat source to keep them warm in winter while maintaining that full digestive system health and lowering the risk of those conditions such as ulcers and colic. Brian, it's very well summarized. Um, do you want to get into point two, why sufficient water is, is important? Yeah, so just like in summer, winter is equally important for water intake for horses. And we do this by providing salt on a daily basis. Five to 10 grams per 100 kg daily is a, is a rough guide. And the reason for hydrating a horse and keeping that thirst activation going is impaction colic is pretty prevalent throughout winter. And we wanna avoid this because they're gonna take on more dry matter through their forage intake. And if they don't have sufficient water or hydration to move that through the digestive tract, then they're gonna be in a higher risk colic state. And Brian, also coming into winter, obviously down south in, 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 in sort of Tasmania and even sort of parts of New South Wales, it does snow and there are still horses in these areas. So it might sound a little bit weird to our, to our sort of Queensland listeners, um, do not rely on snow to meet your horse's water needs. Mm. You know what I mean? So to us, it's like, geez, it's hot here. There's no <laughs> snow, but uh, you know, Australia's very big. So, mm. um, you know, do not rely upon snow, basically. Um, what we should, um, water should be kept 
at a palatable temperature to encourage drinking and to prevent dehydration. Yeah, that's another important point. The temperature of the water, and there has been research that says that if the water is icy, they're not going to touch it. So trying to manage it, maybe a heater if, if you are in a snowy environment, um, and yeah, just managing that temperature of the water will be important. Ideally trying to keep it at room temperature. So even if, if, if you are sort of in a, in a, in a part of Australia that's, that, that gets extremely cold, even if the water's kept inside for X amount of time and then gets taken out, because if the horse doesn't drink the cold water, it'll get dehydrated and then it's gonna be a stem of problems that are gonna just sort of you know, continue to, to pile on and pile on. So as Brian mentioned, um, sufficient hydration is paramount. Yep. And you can go back to the other podcasts that we've done on water and hydration and look at the little simple checks you can do on the horse to see if they're hydrated properly throughout those winter months. Brian, next point we'll cover is rugging. Um, and in America, they, they call it blanketing. So um, <laughs> it's, it's a different concept, but um, rugging, blanketing, the, the same thing. Um, do you want to go into when it's required and, and, and when it should be avoided? Yeah, so we'll touch on a thing called the thermoneutral zone. And this is a simple term that is a temperature range where a horse doesn't feel the cold, but then when it drops below a certain temperature, they do feel the cold. And naturally the horse has hair and a coat that will stand up that provides a nice buffer if heat is being expelled just to keep it in and keeping him warm. And horses will grow a coat throughout winter just to keep them warmer so rugging should be limited with those type of horses because they will maintain it through extra forage intake and that's going to be a healthier option than rugging them and then having that even the risk of sweating brian the winter coat in a horse is designed to keep your horse warm and regulate his internal body temperature Horses should, however, have access to, to shelter um, to get out of the wind, rain, heavy snow, so their skin remains dry. Rugs flatten the coat, making it unable to protect your horse against extreme cold. Um, if your horse is very thin or, or clipped um, and you find that a, you know, that a rug is, is necessary, check his condition each day to make certain he's not sweating. And, and we know that when a horse sweats, uh, up in North Queensland, obviously, you know, it, it does get a little bit cooler, but it doesn't get that cold where, you know, where obviously the horse freezes to death. So we, we have to be mindful as if you are going to plan to rug, doesn't matter where you are in Australia or, or overseas for that fact, um, you need to check for, for sweating because if a horse is sweating, it's going to lose all those, all those minerals, all the, you know, all the goodness that, that it needs, and then it's going to drop weight. So you know, sometimes, you know, the cure is not better than the cause. We need to be mindful, just make sure that what we're doing is not causing detriment to the horse. So sometimes it's better, if you're not sure, don't rug. Um, but if you must rug, then obviously just, just check that, that, that there's no um, dehydration going on. Yeah, good point, Peter. When horses are clipped, so which is an unnatural state for them, you'll know your horse when they start shivering or when they get to that lower temperature range that they need that assistance to keep themselves warm. One thing to remember is, yeah, you can rug overnight depending on the, what temperature it gets down to, but during a winter day when there's sunlight and it gets warmer, take the rug off, get the sun on their backs, the vitamin D, it's gonna be really good for their immune system and keeping that sort of pattern or management throughout winter, the horse is going to be in a lot healthier state. Yeah, it's, Brian, I think it's using sort of a bit of common sense as well, you know, in terms of what we know that the vitamin D is important, we know that, that the sun's important, you know, they're, 
they're animals, so you know we can't you know we can't sort of dress them up in in pajamas and sort of expect everything to be to be fine. Um, so it's just using sort of common sense, and and as we said before, you're probably better off if you're if you're in Queensland, New South Wales. Try to try to keep the rugs off when you can. When you get south, Victoria, Tasmania, like Brian said, maybe take the rugs off during the day and then you know put them on at night. Yeah, just like humans, like some of us, we do feel cold when it's 15 degrees. Some of us don't feel the cold until it's 10 degrees. It's how you've acclimatised. It's like a Victorian moving to Queensland. I think yeah. it's summer and winter. <laughs> yeah, and. And, and obviously they're going to feel, you know, the humidity up here where if we move down to Victoria, we're going to, you know, feel the cold because we're not used to it. Yeah, good point. Brian, next point, um, supplementation. Obviously, if, if they are on a, on a hay-only diet, there's going to be gaps there and, you know, that the hay has. Um, do you want to just dwell on, on what supplementation, you know, we recommend? Yeah, so we've got two excellent supplements that can cater for each horse, whether they need calories or need a feed through winter so in hay hay has lost most of its nutrients due to the drying out process and that mineral profile generally needs to be topped up because it's depleted in minerals such as zinc and copper also omega-3 which is normally found in pasture so it's really important to supplement around your hay ration or pasture because throughout winter there is challenging times with the immune system just due to winter viruses and any mineral efficiency is going to have an impact on the immune system function throughout this season. I think, Brian, you've got two aspects, say, like a product like the sand oil. You, you can add that, obviously, for the omega-3, as you mentioned, but on the, on the flip side is you can add that for extra calories. So if you've got a hard keeper that's, you know, like struggling to, to maintain weight, um, adding a product like the sand oil, you're going to get the benefits of the omega-3, but you're also going to get the extra calories um, that a high fat diet has and that's going to help maintain the condition without having sort of insulin spikes or, or, or any other sort of detriment to to the gut or you know or behavior for that matter as well yeah with the oil you are limiting those sugars and starches and it really complements the cf50 and the send grain free whichever one you choose and fills those gaps so both those feeds and concentrates, they have this vitamin mineral profile that matches the Australian conditions of hay and pasture. So they're excellent fed with the oil and it's going to, in, it's going to provide an insurance for all the body systems with their vitamin mineral requirement throughout winter and then come out the other side. The oil brine is actually really good for, for an easy keeper. Um, or, or a horse that's insulin resistant. So at least that's the insurance policy that, you know, by keeping it off the, the sweet feeds um, or any feeds that contain sort of oats or, or, or corn or, or mill run, or any of those grain byproducts, by adding fat into the diet instead of those ones I just mentioned, you're just guaranteeing that, that you're not gonna get any of those flare-ups throughout winter. Yeah, really good point. There's also another aspect of keeping condition on horses throughout winter that we like to promote and that's having a digestive support at the start of winter just to ensure that whole digestive system is in tip-top shape and functioning correctly. So we've got Scent Extra Balance which provides live probiotics, prebiotics, organic humates for nutrient absorption and a mycotoxin binder. So this is another insurance for your horse's digestive system just in preparation for the that winter season. Brian, I think we made a few points about um, putting on weight last podcast. And what I mean by that is 
some some owners might be feeding a lot of feed but the horse is not absorbing the nutrients out of that feed so by changing seasons going from a warm climate to a cooler climate it's probably good to use the product like the extra balance to to transition into into the cooler months but also it'll give that insurance policy that if your horse normally does does drop weight in the winter time by having it on the extra balance even just doing one course of it you're going to ensure that the nutrients that the horse is eating is getting absorbed into the bloodstream obviously all the volatile fatty acids are you know getting absorbed the vitamins the minerals um, and it's only recommended to do through the transition so you don't have to keep it on the product throughout the whole time um, because at least you know that the feed that's going down is going to get absorbed rather than trying to feed more and more and more and not much is getting absorbed you're better off knocking it on the head straight away to making sure you're going to get the absorption yeah, that's a really good point, Peter. When the microbiome has to adjust from, say, the winter pasture dying off and going onto hay, that whole pine gut microbiome has to adjust as well. And that extra balance is going to provide extra support and allow it to cope better with that change. So when you even go for competitions and you find a different forage source, extra balance is really good in terms of ensuring that environment can cope with that adjustment and also the stress of training. Just to summarize, Brian, I think the take home message should be, and, and you know, a lot of people are used to obviously feeding a lot more hard feed throughout winter because hay is harder to get, but ideally, it is ideal to feed as much roughage as you can and limit the hard feed because a lot of the hard feeds, they're grain-based products. So you know, it's not necessarily going to put healthy weight on your horse and you don't want a big fat horse coming out of winter time because then when pasture comes back again, you're going to battle to, to drop, you know, to drop the conditioning that, that you've maintained throughout winter. So going back to, to what we discussed, do you want to just maybe summarize, Brian, what we, what we discussed today? Yeah, Peter. So the overall summary of feeding through winter, checking that weight or can or body condition score is gonna be the most important part. And then adjusting your horse's diet to this requirement will take an individual effort or knowing your horse as its best. Always feed that sufficient forage, allow that sufficient water to be consumed. Don't overrug and supplement properly and fill in the gaps between the hay and the pasture shortfalls there that's going to be the summary of feeding through winter and if you're still confused after all that information we do offer a free diet analysis on our website um, just to help balance the numbers and make sure you're not overfeeding one thing and, and and underfeeding another thing or even just to to know that all your vitamins and mineral levels are, are you know not above or not below so we do offer that as a free service there's only 11 or 12 easy questions we we try to turn them around within 24 to 48 hours um, and it's as i said it's a complimentary service that that we offer and it does save a lot of our clients a lot of money where, where they have been doubling up or tri tripling up on a particular supplement or, or mineral that that it's is already in excess so yeah we've used this guide in previous winters and had really great feedback from clients and really successful outcomes with everyone's feeding and also the horse's condition coming back into spring. So if you wanna reach out to us, we've got our Send Users group, we've got our office number, email. Don't hesitate to suggest any more topics that we can cover off on, Peter. And if you're new as well, like if this is the, the first podcast that, that anyone out there has listened to, make sure you go through all, all the other ones. This is episode 29, I believe. So 
go through all of them. Um, we do cover a lot of topics that, that obviously um, we haven't discussed today. So any suggestions on other topics, um, we're, we're more than interested to, to do. So please get in touch with social media. If you've got any, any questions, give us a call in the office. Myself or Brian are always available to, to answer any questions that, that you may have. Um, and there's no such thing as a silly question as well. So if anything's bugging you or, or there's, you know, there's a myth that you, know, that you read online that you'd like to debunk, feel free to give us a call. Yeah, everyone's learning every day. Research changes as the years go on, but we're here for the horse at the end of the day and trying to improve as many horses through proper nutrition as we can. Prevention is better than cure, Brian. So you're better off making the switch now and, and having a healthy horse from where they get older than to, you know, than to feed poorly and then have all these issues come up when they do get older and then your vet bills are gonna be through the roof. Yeah, 100%, Peter. We'll have another podcast to you next week. Have a good week, guys. Thanks, guys.